You're listening to the Moody Mommies Podcast. Audio warning. You may or may not hear kids screaming and yelling in the background. Or us screaming or yelling at them to keep it together. Hey guys, it's Jessica. I wanted to give you a little introduction to this episode. It's part two of our visit to Ontario with Christina from Booby Life. And Vanessa and I are super pleased to introduce you to these two wonderful women. So we can hear all about Christina's backstory in episode five. So take the time now to go back, give it a listen. And in this episode, you're going to meet another outstanding, phenomenal crazy cool woman so now we have another guest with us today her name is Danelia and she is a doula hello <laughs> doula doula <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about you because this is the person sure. that we meet you yes thank you for having me first of all um so I am a birth doula Um, I also teach childbirth education and I also encapsulate placentas for clients. So, so can you tell me, okay, (laughs) that I totally got my placenta encapsulated. You did? Yeah. I didn't know that. I did. And I ate it, but, um, I'm such a like pulp culture person why I did it. So I have no idea what benefits I got. Good things came from it. Did you do it because <laughs> well, who, who was it? Um, one of the Kardashians Courtney? was doing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I wouldn't know. That's why I yeah. did That's it. Exactly why she did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So with the placentas, the idea is that we're mammals, just like all other mammals, and all other mammals consume their placenta after birth. Um, my theory behind it is, it's not even my theory actually. I've, I've heard it in circles too, but. Placenta um, is full of rich nutrients, including iron, of course. And so when you give birth, the likelihood of hemorrhage is very likely. And the placenta, if you put it back into your body, it immediately stops bleeding. So because you're, there's something about the, the chemical reaction that stops it. So um, a lot of times, like I've heard stories about midwives who have a client birthing at home and they'll just start hemorrhaging like crazy and they just this as soon as the placenta passes they'll pull it out take a piece off and just stick it in the mother's cheek and her her bleeding will stop like that yeah yeah so um aside from that i mean all of the nutrients really promote breastfeeding like you were saying you know milk production um regulating the hormones that you lose immediately after birth because this this organ has grown itself to nurture your baby and then it's gone you know, right after birth, and it's kind of like a shock to your body. So I've always kind of thought that that's why mammals eat their placenta, because it's created for birth, and then it just expels itself, and, and what happens, you know? Um, and if, if you've ever seen animals give birth, like dogs or cats at home, it's just natural to them. They just do it. Mm-hmm. They don't even think about it. Yeah. Like, so Nobody preps them. They just go around, and then just like lick their baby out of it yeah yeah Yeah. so that's a little bit of the placenta encapsulation um but i'm actually really excited because i just made the decision to be a doula full-time when i first started i was kind of taking clients here and there i had my daughter who is five now but at the time she was 
just born. I think I started when she was like six months. I started doing the trainings and um, I trained at Beanie Birth in Sherman Oaks. And the reason I started was because I had a really good experience as a parent learning the information. You know, a lot of people think, you know, birth is birth. It happens all the time. Just go in and get it done. But there's so much we don't know, um, which is why it was also interested in childbirth education because Again, it, it happens every day, you know, millions of births happen every day, but there's still so little that we know about it, especially in the hospital setting, because you're in someone else's house, you know. So um, I've done a lot of work prepping myself to kind of take the leap and do doula work full time. It was just a matter of having someone to help me out with my, with my daughter. Um, and right now, recently, my mom retired, so she's able to help me out with her while I go to births. Yeah. Um, so are the majority of people doing home births that you're helping, or are they mostly in the hospital? Um, it varies. I haven't been to a home birth in a while, to be honest with you. Um, I really enjoy them, but realistically, they're very expensive, and um, not everyone can afford them. So the hospital tends to be a more realistic option for a lot of people. But I have been to home births, and, and they are amazing just because there's so much freedom. Um, a lot of people that hire doulas hire them for the hospital because they can't birth freely at home you know because they they want to create a home birth experience in the hospital and that's not to say everyone but a lot of my clients do that being said we kind of bring like the the ambiance of a home birth to the hospital we take candles essential oils whatever we can that the hospital will allow us to take and try to create that atmosphere in the hospital setting yeah are you, do you work with your client pretty much like early in the pregnancy all the way through? It really just depends on when they contact me. Okay. Um, the few clients I have right now, they're pretty early. So we don't really do much work until later on in pregnancy. Um, and that's because a lot of the work I do with them is prep for the birth, obviously. And I give them a lot of information that I want them to retain. So usually around like 30 weeks, we'll start getting together, talking, kind of going through different comfort measures, um, different fear releases, talking about things that they might be worried about that we can talk about and work through so that they're not going in scared. Um, you know, the idea is when you're scared, you're, you're tense and your cervix needs to be open in order to have that baby. So you want to release any tension so that your cervix will open freely. And it's interesting because we always, you know, I always think of like a wild animal in the jungle. Like if, if the animal is, let's say it's like a monkey or, or of some kind, a gorilla. If they're around others or near humans who might, they might be afraid of or might be distracted by, they're not going to give birth in front of them. You know, they're going to go to a quiet, dark place where they can be free to just give birth however they please. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we function the same way. We need to be left alone. We need to be able to go within ourselves and kind of focus. So um, I don't know if you heard the last pregnancy episode where I was talking about it. I just felt really overwhelmed. Like mm -hmm. everybody was like wanting to comfort me. And I just like, I didn't want anybody to comfort me. Like yeah. naturally I wanted to be left alone. Yeah. It's I wanted to add that um, when I had my son, I, I wasn't prepared of, I had done the hospital tour and I really wanted to do a natural birth. I didn't really know about doulas yet. I didn't really have that relationship with Danny yet where I knew she really got me into understanding the whole world of what doulas and midwives do. Yeah. Um, but 
I wasn't prepared and I was kind of thrown into it and I didn't really understand how it was all going to work when I actually did have to have my c-section after 16 hours of a stressful labor of him not coming me not dilating and um, I think that played a big role in my unsuccessful breastfeeding journey with him you know instead of all that time that I could have been having the skin to skin and um, peaceful connect you know bonding with him I was really um, stressed out about the whole experience and not really knowing what I was getting in for. Um, but my second time around with Camila when I was pregnant, I attended her, this is when we kind of, our relationship started flourishing. She had invited me, went to one of her birth prepping classes. And although I still had to have a V-back at the end, and um, I'm sorry, I still couldn't have my V-back at the end and I had to have a cesarean. Um, what I learned in her class about breastfeeding, about what to expect at the hospital, about what my rights and responsibilities were at the hospital, what people could and couldn't tell me I could do as a parent, whether they were a nurse or a doctor, um, seriously put me at ease. I was able to have a gentle C-section, which I didn't know about before I met Danny, yeah, and that I've gave me, I had no idea what that was until I started talking to her about, about the whole situation. Um, so because of what she taught me in her class, we were able to get skin to skin time as soon as she came out. They put her right on my chest and they told me I couldn't do that with my son. But the way I approached it the second time around, even without a doula, we were able to get those, um, we were able to get those privileges and it really helped the breastfeeding process. And she was, you had a really pretty natural breastfeeding journey too, right? Like it was yeah. pretty natural flowing and... Yeah, it, interestingly enough, when I gave birth to my daughter, I hemorrhaged pretty badly after birth. I didn't have any medication. Um, I wasn't even hooked up to an IV because that's what I wanted. You know, I wanted to try to have as natural of a process as possible. For whatever reason, after I gave birth, I just bled out. And those things just sometimes you can't explain them, you know. But um, I lost a lot of blood and I had to have like blood transfusion. And luckily they let me have her the entire time. I didn't have to be separated from her at all. But when we went for our first checkup, like a few days later, maybe like on the fourth day of her life, um, I had a high fever, I had, a, I, had, I had an infection. And so I was devastated because they, they made me check into the hospital. I was like ready to just go home. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going, I don't care. I'll take something at home. I can't, you know, they're, gonna, they're not gonna let me keep her because we, we had already been discharged. And um, I was admitted to the hospital for three days on antibiotics, intravenous antibiotics, yeah. And I was devastated because not only could I not breastfeed her, but they wouldn't let me pump. They, they, they told me I couldn't, I, I should rephrase that. They didn't tell me I couldn't pump, but they were like, you can pump, but you can't give her any of that milk. Medication. Yeah, so, so I did, I, I pumped and I pumped and I pumped. Um, thankfully I did because my, I was able to keep my breast milk supply going, but it was hard. It was hard because, she, you know, I just had her and I was, she was taken from me and I, it was the hardest thing I feel like I've ever had to do as a parent, but thankfully I recovered. I was able to go home and, and we were able to relatch. I mean, think the idea of her having formula for three days when I was in the hospital pumping for her, like drove me crazy. Yeah. But, um, but thankfully after that, we never had any hiccups. And even to this day, she's still obsessed with my boobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's five and a half. Yeah. 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 <laughs> her name for milk was Milka. Milka? <laughs> what was it? Gook. Gook. <laughs> She'd always sign. Milka. So can we take that back a few steps and kind of just go over the full definition of a doula? Sure. 
So doulas are people who attend births with a mother and her partner, if there is one, and provide support, non-medical support. So anything that is not medical, I can give her a massage. I can, again, do go through fear releases with her. I'm basically there to be with her every step of the way. As someone who's attended many births and brings knowledge to that experience for her, I'm providing that the entire time I'm there. Okay, and then when it comes time to push the baby out, mm-hmm. what happens then? Usually, um, I'll ask the family if they want me to take pictures or anything like that. Because usually, like, if they have a partner, the partner's with her holding her hand or whatever the case may be. Um, and I'll usually, like, take pictures for them while the baby's coming. Or I'll talk her through it and just say, look, you know, take a couple deep breaths or whatever the case, whatever she needs at the time. Sometimes the most important part of my job is just to stand back and observe and just kind of be like a watchful eye over her. So when someone does have a doula, mm-hmm. when it is time to deliver the baby, the doctor is still present to deliver the baby. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And usually when, like once the doctor comes into the room, because I'm sure you all know, like the doctors don't usually come into like the very end right. when you're pushing. Mm-hmm. The nurses have already told the doctor that there's a doula in the room. And, and you know, we kind of just try to stay out of the way. We don't want to be too much, you know, in their way, but still want to be close to the mom so that we can kind of walk her through what's happening. A lot of times in the hospitals, they're using all of these medicalized terms, and they're not. The moms aren't really sure what they're talking about. So I'm also there to kind of be a form of translation for her into layman's terms. Like, okay, this is what they're saying right now. This is what they're thinking of doing. Do you are you okay with that? Do you do you want to ask more questions? Kind of be there as an encouragement for her to feel like this is her experience, not someone else's. Like people aren't doing things to her. She's allowing these things to happen based on what she thinks is best for her and her baby. Okay. Did you already ask what the difference, what's the difference between a midwife and a doula? Uh, no, she didn't, no. Okay. Um, midwives are medically trained to deliver babies. So that's, that's, the, that's the biggest difference. And I get that question a lot, but it's, it's because, you know, we're not licensed to touch the baby, touch the mom in any kind of way other than in a comfort, comforting way. But it's a whole it's a whole other other profession it's a whole other thing yeah you know midwives do prenatal appointments they check the baby's heartbeat they check the mother's vitals we don't so that's more like for the people who are doing home births instead of going to doctor's visits they have their midwife come and check exactly exactly and yeah more than likely they're going to have their baby at home but there are a lot of midwives in hospitals now so it's just a different kind of provider okay so as a doula you're a childbirth educator you were telling us right yes okay and detail us in on that <laughs> So what actually got me into childbirth education is when I was pregnant with my daughter, I signed up for a class um, at Beanie Birth in Sherman Oaks. It's like an education center for all things pregnancy and birth related. So they have yoga classes, they have childbirth classes, they offer, um, that's actually where I trained as a doula. So the, the woman who runs it, her name's Anna Paula, Anna Paula Markel. She's the owner and um, she taught the class I took and I, was, I remember I'm a pregnant mother and I, I took my mom because I'm a single mom. So I took my mom as my support person. And the things I learned in this class, it like baffled me that we don't already know this, you know, things about, you know, what your body's capable of and what it does naturally. Um, and that's what really turned me on to natural birth. I just I didn't want to intervene at all. I just wanted to see what my body was capable of. And I realized that that would be difficult and possibly painful, but I was 
prepared for that. I was ready for it. I welcomed it. And I learned that too, that if you go into it welcoming the fact that A, your body has to go through this pain in order to get this baby out, and B, the baby has to come out somehow, you know? Um, and also, if you talk to mothers, how often can you describe the pain you feel in birth? Like, realistically, yeah. you know what I mean? There's no way to, there's no way to, to measure it, you know, or recreate it. It's just one of those things that, like, as soon as you see your baby, it's just kind of, yeah. doesn't ma- it doesn't matter anymore. Right. We both had epidural, so <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't even the <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, as a doula, too, like, I'm open to if my, my, my clients want to have epidurals. As long as, if it makes them feel comfortable and it, it's going to help them release and open, by all means, get it. You and know what I mean? you've had that experience where you went in with a mom being completely natural, natural is my plan, yeah. and they've changed their mind before? Or? Um, yes and no. I mean, it's happened. It's definitely happened. But I've had moms who are like, I'm all about the epidural. Like, I'm getting it right away. And I'm like, that's cool. If that's what you want to do, then that's what we're going to do, you know? I just want to make sure you understand that if you have the epidural, you can't get up anymore. I'm going to give you all those details, too. You know, once you have it, you're, you're stuck in the bed. So if you're going to get it, let's make sure you get it at a time that you know you're going to be comfortable laying down for the rest of the day right. or the night. You're ready for that. And flipping back and forth and whatnot. Exactly. So, um, but anyway, going back to the childbirth ed, I took the class, fell in love with all of the information, and I just kind of felt like I needed to share it with every single person that would listen. And I was like, I need to, like, I need to share this. How can I share this? And I, I realized I could be a childbirth educator. I just had to be trained and certified. And... I went ahead and went through the, the experience of that, and, and I love it. It's, it's one of my favorite parts about what I do. Whether I work with the clients as their birth doula or not, I feel like, like Christina said, so much of the information helps parents and puts them at ease when it comes to going into the hospital setting. Because, again, you're going into someone else's turf, right? It's not your home. You don't know where things are. And the idea of hospitals are sterile and cold, and, you know, it's never – a good reason that you're going to the hospital mm-hmm. unless you're giving birth right, and right. so it it's amazing how often women can progress at home they're laboring they're opening they're dilating and then as soon as you get to the hospital it's that fear and that anxiety that you you feel at a hospital that stops their labor so i always encourage moms to and, that, and that's where my job as a doula comes into play too because i can kind of gauge where she is as far as her contractions are I can tell like how far along she is in her in her labor based on her, her mannerisms her breathing her, the, the the sounds she's making the way she's swaying and moving her hips you know all of that I'm paying attention to so I can say okay you know what I think it's time to go to the hospital mm-hmm. because we don't want to be there too early otherwise they're going to send her home or they're going to keep her and then you're at their mercy mm-hmm. you know and then you're uncomfortable exactly so um so I, I like to give all that information to my clients when I'm teaching a class so they can make the decisions based on what works for them, you know? Yeah. Do you get a lot of first-time moms or do you get a lot of when, like, second kid, they already did the hospital thing and they felt that that wasn't right for them? I've gotten a mixture of both. Um, I feel like first-time moms are always a lot of fun because, again, they don't know much about what to experience. Mm-hmm. And I always ask people, like, what what has your experience with birth been? Like, have you been – have you seen any – anybody be born your niece or your nephew or your brothers or sisters because that has a lot to do with our you know how we experience it ourselves I know for me my first time witnessing a birth was my nephews and luckily it was a good experience you know but if you see someone give birth and it's terrifying 
you're going to exactly you're going to carry that with you through your experience so those are all things we work on in the class and with a birth doula client So what are some other things that you feel like moms should know <clears throat> when going into like just the whole pregnancy until the end? The whole pregnancy? <clears throat> I think that it's important for moms to be um, active. I always like to tell clients that giving birth is like running a marathon, right? You're not going to run a marathon without prepping, without training, without eating right, without you know preparing your body for what's about to happen. It's the exact same thing with birth. You have to educate yourself. You have to treat your body well, feed it healthy foods, keep it nourished, keep it hydrated, especially in labor. Um, that's the reason they give you an IV, to keep you hydrated so you're not dehydrated and the risk of um, postpartum hemorrhage. But it's one of those things where you just you can't go into it blindly. So the, the one thing I would like to share is just you know educate yourself and empower yourself. Um, we're, you know, women are blessed to be the ones to give birth. And if we're going to do it, we might as well do it in a way that we feel comfortable, whether that be naturally, whether that be with a epidural, whatever the case may be, as long as it's your decision and you don't feel like someone's doing stuff to you, mm-hmm. that's the most important thing. That's where the empowerment comes in. It's your decision. And that's what I'm all about is giving everyone the options. These are, these are what your options are going to be. What decide what works best for you and your family. Yeah. Yeah. So. Got to train for that marathon. <laughs> I know I did. I think I've talked about this before that I've always eaten like super junk food, <laughs> and the only time I ever ate healthy was while I was pregnant mm-hmm. and while I was breastfeeding. And as soon as I stopped breastfeeding, I'm like, uh, Taco Bell. Yeah. McDonald's <laughs> <laughs> again. I My know. marathon's over, guys. Same here. I feel like I was the healthiest I've ever been when I was pregnant, and I'm like. If only we could take that mentality and transfer it over into motherhood, you know, because they see what we're eating and, and we feed, I feel like I feed her a lot healthier than I feed myself. Yeah, I but do the same. It's just a constant reminder. I have to remind myself to get back on that. Yeah. yeah. If, if people always ask me like, well, why don't you just make more of what you're giving her? And I'm just like, mm, I don't want to eat that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I want egg every morning. That's so true. Oatmeal. I'm tired of oatmeal. <laughs> Still asking for it. Yeah. Like when you were a kid, you could eat the same thing like for like every day. Yeah. yeah. Life. I wanted to ask, like, have either of you heard of doulas before you gave birth? Um. Yeah, I've by? actually heard of a doula, but I kind of just thought they were used like when you kind of just do the at-home birth oh, thing, okay, you know, okay. like yeah. the water births and yeah. stuff like that. And I really didn't know the difference between the midwife and a doula. Yeah, I feel like that's a common misconception, like. I'll tell people like, oh, I'm a doula. I go to like I ten births, and they're like, so you're the midwife? And I'm like, no, I don't. Legally, you know, liability-wise, um, it's against our stand, like our um, like certifications. I yeah, guess yeah, like our exactly. We're not allowed to do any of that. It would be against our scope because of work. Like if something were to go wrong, if right. like you're not medically trained right, to exactly. assist in that situation. Yeah. So, so to avoid any kind of repercussions we always stay out of the way of the medical professional and the midwife is trained for all of that stuff yes absolutely so if you were to make the decision to do a midwife there is no doctor in the room when you have the baby or is there usually there isn't um but like i have a friend who gave birth at home with a midwife and 
and an and a physician who was a friend of theirs who attended the birth as well just just in case you just know in case anything um but again it's all about what you decide what you want and if you can make it happen i know that when i was pregnant i wanted a home birth so bad and i i had interviewed a few uh, midwives to see how much they charged and i just couldn't afford it at the time so a doula and a midwife is something that is definitely not covered by your insurance um doulas are not yet i've heard that a lot of midwives are being reimbursed now oh, wow. it's it's a little bit it's kind of like up and coming um the insurance companies are coming around to it little by little i've heard that it takes quite a while though to get reimbursed so you'd still have to pay out of pocket right but eventually if you fight and fight and keep emailing them and contacting them following up you would probably be able to get that money back at least a portion of it right yeah so it's just it's a very slow progress but it is becoming more more um, doable right so you have one child yourself yes just one Corey Ray so when you had your daughter that's when you found all of this birthing stuff so you had your daughter naturally you said I can't say I did a hundred percent the only intervention I had was a Foley bulb which is a it's basically like a little balloon that they fill with saline solution what happened was um, I was progressing um, interestingly enough I went to the hospital a little bit earlier than I probably should have um, I felt like I was getting near you know because my contractions were pretty close together but again when I went to the hospital they kind of slowed down and the only reason they kept me was because they said they saw a spike in my daughter's heartbeat so they're like let's just keep you in case and that's like a very common thing that happens I mean it, it's for a good reason they're keeping an eye on the baby but there could be any reason why heartbeat spikes you know and it was only once it wasn't like it happened often so I think I probably could have gone back home and stayed at home um, I labored for like two days in the hospital oh, wow. it was crazy I don't even know how they like let me stay that long yeah, it's a long time but um, it was it was really great actually shout out to like Kaiser <laughs> Sunset in Hollywood because they they really like let me do my thing you That's know and cool. I really appreciated it but um, I I kind of slowed down my my labor process or progress and um, I got stuck at two centimeters so the Foley bulb what it is is it's a little it's a little balloon filled with saline solution they put it into your cervix to kind of encourage it to open and what happens is it it'll start helping the contractions it's like a kind of speeds up the labor exactly right? well it, it's only to get it kind of back on track it's kind of like if it's only used really if you kind of get stuck um, and once you get to four centimeters it falls out so by the time you're in f at four centimeters, you're in active labor, it should be able to progress on its own from there, which it did, thankfully. And then I was back on track, you know, laboring like normal. Sorry. So um, that was the only intervention I had. And I'm, I'm really glad that I did it because I get to share it with people. I always share it with people, like with students in my classes, but um, it's not something people, again, it's not one of those things that like they really tell you is an option. And so it's nice for people to not only know it's an option, but kind of understand how it works, because I can tell you firsthand how it works. It's not painful. They just stick it in there. It's kind of like putting a tampon in, you know, mm -hmm. but it goes a little bit deeper and um, it just stimulates the cervix so that it'll open faster and wider and then it'll fall out. So other than that, though, I had no, no medications. How did you know to ask for something like that? Because it's like you hear so many cases yeah. that, you know, that my sisters and, you know, myself, Jessica, where we are stuck in, you know, the long, long journeys of labor. And it's like, well, come on, yeah. throw me a bone here, you know, like yeah. 
Or it's like, well, well you've been here too long, C-section. Yeah. You know? So did you know what that was to be able to I say, did. hey, can I have that? Yeah. And they just gave it to you? Yeah. Again, oh, I mean, wow. I learned that in my, my childbirth class. So if I hadn't taken that class, I wouldn't have known to do that. And you would have been stuck. Yeah. And again, like, I don't know that they teach these things in the hospital classes even, either. I didn't take a hospital class, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, how else? would moms know that that's an option and yeah. that's why i'm a very big advocate for childbirth education because we should know these things yeah, it's you know really we should know our options that it's not offered to us more often yeah. you know yeah and granted again it's it can't be used in all situations but in a situation like that where you're you've progressed on your own and then you, you just kind of hit a wall it's a nice option right and i i really encourage people to to seek it out as you know possibility but um oh but you were asking it like if i had any if i had a natural birth everything else was pretty natural i'm i also didn't have like any iv i was just i had a um um i just had a hep lock which means that they put they expose your vein so that if they need to hook you up to an iv at some point it's already exposed but it's not actually connected to anything and that's another kind of middle ground for parents to ask for if they don't really want the iv the, the trade-off is that you have to make sure you're hydrating naturally. So lots of water, lots of coconut water, anything that you can get into you to make sure that you have tons of fluids because that's their biggest concern is that the baby's fluids will be low if you're dehydrated. So that's the purpose of the IV. And if you choose not to have the IV, then you need to hydrate naturally. That's good to know. I never knew that not having an IV was even an, an option. option. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, And that's probably one of the worst parts of being in labor is when they have to come in there and poke you like however many times until they figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, I remember having bruises from all the different IVs I had and it was terrible. Yeah, they would put mine in like the most awkward spots. Mm -hmm. Like on your wrist where yeah, you can't so bend it. Yeah, it's like it. when the baby's born, you're <laughs> yeah. like trying to hold the baby all... Yeah. awkwardly yeah i was in i had that issue and then i had i from the c-section i was totally numb like they said that for the c-section i would be numb from my ribs down and i was numb from my neck down they said that they had uh, i guess because of my small frame they had overdosed me so i was trying to breastfeed and i couldn't even feel my arms or my no. chest i could i felt like i couldn't even breathe because i was so numb so for the first like the first night pretty much it was really hard to even try to breastfeed because i couldn't even feel myself for a really long time. Was this with your first child? Or my first son. Yeah. Wow. The second time around, it was much easier. Um, I definitely wasn't numb the same way I was the time before. And then, like I said, when I knew my options and I asked for a gentle C-section, they were able to take that into consideration. So that's the second time I heard you say that term. Do you want to tell us yeah, what it means? Yeah, so um, there's options for you if you are going to have a C-section. You, you do have the right to request certain privileges or... Um, basically certain accommodate uh, uh, what's the word um, amenities or accommodations yeah thank you for um, moms who have c-sections so one thing that I was really sad about with my son is that because I had a c-section they took him away from me right away right. I got to hold him in a little blanket for about 10 seconds and take a picture and then I didn't see my son for a few hours and it was very stressful my boyfriend never left inside he was with him the whole time but here I am thinking oh my god where's the skin to skin where's the where's initial the latching where's the bonding time like I need that and it really, really made a difference. Um, 
at the, the fact that see I didn't know that I could ask to have my daughter on my chest I thought that I wasn't allowed that's the term is like allowed like no my right as a mother and as a woman is to have my child on me right away and I was scared that they would give me a hard time about it when we requested that but surprisingly they were super accommodating the hospital was really accommodating the one thing that I didn't get that I did ask for was my own room because I wasn't dilating past three centimeters, I had to stay in a room full of other women that were in labor. It was oh, very wow. stressful to hear, to yeah. experience, and I think that kind of set the tone. So I will say that in a gentle uh, cesarean, you basically um, have more privacy and a, a bigger, more comfortable area that you rest in that I didn't get. That's the one thing I didn't get. But the skin to skin, right when she came out and they put her on my chest, was something that happened that wouldn't otherwise happen in a regular C-section. Um, the way that they numbed me, they were able to give me a little bit less of a dosage than they would give the average person just so that I would safely be numb, that I wouldn't feel anything, but that I would be able to recover quicker and breastfeed my daughter faster. Um, are there other things that, that you could point out from a gentle C-section that you wouldn't get otherwise? Um, sometimes parents like to request maybe having some like relaxing music playing while the surgery is happening. Oh, that was okay. so cute. And I didn't yeah. know this. When I had my son, I was so nervous when I was going in for my C-section because, again, I thought I thought I was going to walk out of the hospital with a vaginal birth, and here I am on a freaking operating table. Um, and so I was super nervous. I had just thrown up like all the medicine that they just gave me right before the surgery. Oh, wow. And as soon as my boyfriend came in the room, I was like, babe, pray for me. I can't even breathe. I can't fill my lungs. I, I literally was freaking out. And the nurse that came in was like, what's your favorite Pandora station? And she brought out her little Bose speaker and put on like my favorite relaxing Pandora station. And it totally calmed me down. Wow. So when I went into it the second time around, we had requested that. And they put on music for us in the operating room. So that was another thing. That's a good point that, that somebody wouldn't otherwise. If you just ask... Yeah. they'll usually be okay with it. I know? think you said it perfectly. It's like you're in someone else's home, so you're kind of just going with what they're telling you to mm -hmm. do. You're just thinking, oh, this is what I have to do. Yeah, right. right. What about um, like after the baby came out and did Clem go with her or did, did yeah. was anyone able to like be at your side to comfort you when she was out to kind of let you know what was going right. on? So I guess there's a three-hour um, um, post-operating time that they have the baby away from you at the Pomona Valley Hospital my um, boyfriend the first time we were new parents we didn't know that he could go stay with the baby the whole time and never leave his side and so he was able to go and never leave Camila's side like he knew where she was at from the minute she came out he sat with her in the nursery they had a special rocking chair for him he was able to have so he had the skin on skin on skin on skin time with her that I didn't get to have right away after they took her from me so he got a good um, and not only that but instead of three hours they just gave me like one and a half I think it was like one and a half hours after the operation to recover and brought her to me sooner than they would normally and then the time that my husband was or my boyfriend was with her he got to take off his shirt and have the skin on skin time with her and um even though he didn't feed her he was able to have that bond with her awesome. so and that was something that they wouldn't have um they wouldn't have ever given us that accommodation if we wouldn't have asked for it and we were kind of nervous to ask because we thought they were going to think we were crazy they, we thought they were going to think we were crazy mm -hmm. and they were actually really really understanding and accommodating when you say like you asked did you guys have a birth plan we had a birth plan yeah and um, I had two birth plans I had my VBAC birth plan and I had my cesarean birth plan and I didn't um, I didn't prepare for my my c-section birth plan because I felt like if I put time and thought into it it would happen that way but then as I got closer I just thought to myself you know what I have to prepare for whatever if it happens it happens. and I thought about how stressful I was how stressful out I was when I had my cesarean the first time and I wasn't prepared so 
I faced the facts. I faced reality and said, you know what? It's going to happen however it happens. And then um, literally like two days before I went into labor, we went on the hospital tour and we requested those things. Awesome. Yeah, it was like it was like a last minute thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, in your case, you had to do a cesarean. Would you have been able to have a doula in that situation if you wanted one? Yeah, I um I didn't because of where we were at at the time of our lives. I felt like um, I didn't want to ask for the services because of the situation that we were in. Um, so I had an aunt at the time who was also a doula. And she lives in Arizona, and she wanted to be a part of the birth. And I, I felt um, like I wanted her there, but at the same time, I just, I think I stressed myself out too much over the idea of a midwife and a doula. And so I, um, I thought that with just the support of my boyfriend and positive affirmations, I'd really be able to deliver on my own with him. Um, but there's a part of me that's like, okay, no more kids, and there's a part of me that's like, that feels like I really would love to have that experience with a doula and a midwife. I think I really underestimated the power of the support of a woman, of another woman during your labor. Right. My boyfriend did what he could to be there for me, and he learned a lot in your classes. Um, but the energy of a woman who has who has been through what you're going through at that point in time when you're experiencing this pain and this, you know, this just this level of mental and spiritual focus that you have to have during labor um I think it would really help me to have a woman's energy there and I underestimated that before so I would love to even if it was a c-section right if it was a c-section now that I know that you can have both of those options I would totally do it right because you know I've always heard when you have a c-section only the husband or your partner could be in the room at the time so you can make special requests to have one other person from what we learned Mm -hmm. oh really we could have had one other person in the room other than my boyfriend and that could have been our doula it really depends on the care provider too it depends on their preferences if you have a doctor who's like absolutely not then it's probably a no yeah i've been to births where they just don't allow me in but every once in a while you get a cool doctor who's like it's fine it's not a problem just stay stay by the wall kind of thing stay out of the way um more than anything i think they just don't want people passing out on them seeing the surgery um they'll ask you to like stay behind the sheet so that you don't see the actual incisions but i i've always peek because I really want to see what's going on Um, but yeah I mean having a doula even at a cesarean birth is actually very powerful too because like you were saying Clem was able to go with the baby but but then the mom's laying there on the table with her arms strapped down and and she needs someone to be next to her saying you did great she's here she's beautiful she's healthy you know and And just kind of comforting her is my boyfriend missed out on a lot of the Um, a lot of my labor and a lot of just relaxing and connecting with me and the baby because he's running around barking orders at the hospital staff (laughs) of how to accommodate us the way we wanted to. And it would have really been nice to have somebody else there to do that for us. Mm -hmm. And that's what she would have done for us is to take care of the whole back and forth. And it's not easy to make those accommodations. You have people looking at you like you're a crazy hippie parent and, you know, kind of giving you that sarcastic look like, really? Is that what you want? But I'm sure, like, in those cases where the doctor is really, like, no, 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 you cannot come in here. I'm sure that's so heartbreaking for the mother that was really counting on your support to be there. Yeah, and I think in those cases, like having the partner step in and say, hey, you know what, this is what we want, could help. You know what I mean? Because technically, I, I'm not able to speak to the hospital staff. It's not, it's not my place. I'm not 
the couple. I'm not the parent. Right. Um, but I can encourage the couple to speak up for themselves and say, hey, is that something you guys really want to settle That's what for? That's for us. I yeah. mean, you weren't at the hospital for our birth, yeah. but we were able to see you two weeks before going into labor. And we were able to walk into the hospital, like, okay, knowing know what, we're, what your demands were. And we would have never been that chill about it or calm about it or confident about it if we wouldn't have known from her or learned kind of the process and how it works beforehand from a doula so you could still have the service of a doula and she doesn't even have to be present at the birth mm -hmm. you know she can prepare you she can educate you and and then you can take those tokens with you i called my aunt on the phone in the middle of like intense labor pains and she was walking me through she was on speakerphone at two in the morning while i was walking outside of the hospital parking lot and like freaking 50 degree weather <laughs> clem freezing his butt off and i'm in like a tank top dress <laughs> call my aunt and um, she helped me a lot just to just breathe and get my mental focus back and tell me not to give up because I was in that, at that point where I was just like in so much pain and not dilating. And um, she actually talked me into considering the, you know, all options to not be ashamed to consider the cesarean or to go with try the VBAC, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was nice to have the presence of a doula even if it was over the phone at that time. Yeah. I think you mentioned something really beautiful is that you could still have a good positive experience with the cesarean and one thing I always encourage my students and my clients to change the way we think about birth and also the way we talk about it so like I you'll, you'll hardly ever hear me use the term c-section I just feel like it's very medicalized very um, just a little heartless you know I like to say cesarean birth because it's still a birth at the end of the day you know right. a baby's still being born and it's under those circumstances, it's through surgery, but it's still a birth and it's still spiritual and it's still a very beautiful event. So just trying to change the way we talk about those things really help when it comes down to like maybe having to have a cesarean. Right. You know, it's still, it can still be an, an enjoyable experience. Right. It's a good point. People, I just wanted to thank you guys both. Yes. Christina and Amelia. Thank you guys so much for sharing everything. Yeah, tell of us. Of course. Um, thank you for having us. Tell them uh, where they you. can find you guys for more information. Um, for Booby Life, please find us on Facebook and like us there and join the tribe. Um, we're going to be doing quarterly get-togethers and we're going to have a really interactive uh, Facebook group where moms can come from uh, for non-judgmental, unbiased support for breastfeeding and motherhood. And um, find us on Instagram at Booby Life. Um, just at Booby Life. That's it. Okay. So you could find me on Instagram at Mami Amor Birth. It's spelled M-A-M-I-A-M-O-R. And then the word birth and i also have a website that you can find me at at www.mamiamorbirth.com thank you guys thank you we're gonna do this again for sure right yeah we'll be back yes hats off to you guys you guys are two breastfeeding hustlers yes. thank you for having us <laughs> <laughs> do you have a cake Say Moody Mommies. Moody Mommies. Moody Mommies Podcast.